Zelda. We solemnly swear we're up to no good. Welcome back to Harry Potter Minute, the fan podcast where we overanalyze the Harry Potter movies one magical minute at a time. I'm Gary Roby. I'm Victoria Laguna. And we have Brady with us once again from uh, Pele Media. Thanks for being here, Brady. Hey, thanks for having me back, man. Had a really good time yesterday and was happy that uh, you guys asked me to be back for a second run at this thing. Yeah, we're glad to have you here to wrap up the week. We've uh, we've got some good stuff uh, happening. We're, we're right at the tipping point of like yes. the true action of the movie. Yes. Um, today we're talking about minute 115 of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Minute 115 starts with Neville freezing together from the full body bind curse, and it ends with a snoring Fluffy. <laughs> um, I I really want to talk about Fluffy, but we'll get there. Um, okay. you said yesterday uh, that you had something in regards to Neville toppling over. Just. That if okay, if this is a dummy, it's a pretty good-looking dummy, even though we're only seeing like just a portion of its face. But if not, damn, that kid deserves some kind of award because <laughs> he hits the ground hard. Uh, I I don't remember which movie it was. I think it might have been Public Enemy. Uh, there's a shot where James Cagney falls flat on his face, and he's completely encased in this big body cast or something, like basically mummified, and the only thing exposed is his face. And he falls right over onto his chest, onto his face, and doesn't use his hands or anything to protect him. So oh, I know that sounds so painful. I don't like it. Do it for your art, man. So that's, right. I imagine. Yeah. I imagine that Neville must hit his head pretty hard. Like that would. I think that would hurt. Oh my god! Yeah. I don't know. I hope it was a dummy. With at least with falling on your back, I feel like there's a more cushioning. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, especially he's kind of like a uh, heavier at this point, yeah, so sure. he's so he definitely has like more weight to help him. But like the head, the back of the head is the 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 one issue. Yeah, for let me, me tell you, I it's a stone floor. When I was in like seventh or eighth grade, I was in like a karate class, and we did like sparring with people, and I totally like fell and hit my head like this. And I was out for like, like a day, like just like in bed, just like exhausted. Yeah, it was, it was like, I don't know if it was like a really terrible, yeah, it was so jarring. Um, it wasn't like necessarily painful, but I think just like the the kind of stress of it or whatever, like it really exhausted me. Um, I don't know. That was a long time ago. That's, that's nothing to kid around with. I, uh, Mm -mm. I remember I fell out of a, tree one time i was we had like a rope ladder in the backyard it was really high up in this big oak tree i mean i was i don't know 13 15 feet off the ground and fell and landed on my back on the big 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 roots and all i remember them telling me is don't go to sleep whatever you do don't go to sleep stay awake because you'll go and you know if you hit your head hard enough from falling mm-hmm. down you go into a, a coma yeah sleep so if, if you've had suffered from a concussion yeah exactly so i tell you what if it was uh the actor here, I can't remember his name, is playing Neville, then hats off to him, man. 
I, I had a, I had my first concussion like just a couple of years ago. Uh huh. What happened? I don't... It was awful. Like I did not feel right for a good couple of days afterwards. Did I know you when this happened? Yeah, this was just maybe two Remind years me what ago. Happened. Huh? Remind me what happened. Uh, I was at home and it was like really, really hot and I suffered a heat stroke. Oh, and, oh god. Uh, fell forward and the corner of the table hit me right underneath oh, I do my remember. eye socket on a uh, on my cheekbone kind of knocked me out uh my fiance had to wake me up and That's scary i was like very sick to my stomach for the rest of the day uh and then a couple of days after that was still like not even 100% it was awful mm-hmm. yeah Jeez. it's weird how when you not like fun. when you get like a head injury how you you kind of feel like not yourself for no, you're just off you're mm-hmm. just like what what happened yeah <sighs> so i feel i feel really bad that neville has to suffer through this well, that's why ron when he, that's when why he ron tells when he gets unpetrified that's gonna oh ron tells hermione like you're a little scary <laughs> you're not scary yeah most women are, Ron. You'll learn that. Mm-hmm. Well, she she even, like, she has this really, like, deft kind of way of, like, putting her... She, like, flicks that... Her wand back into her... Uh, into her cloak. Dude. Um, it's very smooth. smooth. It was very, like, Clint Eastwood. Like, <laughs> just having, you know, shot somebody down in the middle of the street. Now he's gonna flip his uh, holster. Excuse me, his pistol. Yeah, just kind of tucks it away into, like, the yeah. her belt or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hermione's a badass, man. She gets stuff. She is. <laughs> She's so great. Um... Oh, they're just leaving there. She's been the one to do the most magic in this movie. Mm-hmm. Leave her. Mm-hmm. Several times over. I, yeah. I knew that when I saw this movie, uh, that we were seeing the beginnings of, you know, some pretty successful careers. Like, you know, these were three actors who were going to be coming out of this movie and doing other things and not just be typecast. Like we talked about yesterday with Mark yeah. Hamill, for example, you know, didn't really have opportunities after Star Wars. Uh, or he he did, he did, but it wasn't like, you know, huge name stuff like let's say mm-hmm. beauty and the beast for example and uh daniel Radcliffe is great he's exactly what he needs to be in this movie rupert grant is adorable but she emma watson was just on fire like you knew that this person was going to go on to do some really substantial stuff and uh yeah. turns in yeah of these three perform of these three characters i think hermione is probably the one that requires the most just you know energy to to portray and they cast it right, man. Yeah, I think she might be the most complex of our trio. Uh, I in this definitely, movie. I definitely agree. Yeah. Other than, and then outside of the three, I think Tom Felton does yes. a, an amazing uh-huh. performance, like right away off the bat. This well, first movie, we've talked about this a little bit, but like knows. a lot of the kids that are in this movie have gone on to do other things. Yeah, yeah, even Tom Felton. Well, yeah, even Tom Felton, but not only that, like the kid who plays uh, Dean Thomas is on that show. How to get away? Uh, how to get away with murder? Is that what it's called? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and so or um, I think even the guy that does Lee Jordan is on like a show. He's on a Gallivant. We talked about that too. Yeah. So like even some minor characters. Some, this is talented kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had like a really good group of kids that they got together for this movie, and a lot of them lasted through eight of these movies, mm-hmm. and uh, they really got to grow up on the set and sort of learn as they went, which is really cool. Absolutely. Find find themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and uh, they did they did get to go on to do other things. Like, uh, Dan Radcliffe did Equus after Order of the Phoenix, so he was already trying to establish, like, I don't want to just be typecast as this character forever, before the show, before the series was even over. Yeah. So he's he already, did a very, like, a very picking up other things. Thing, yeah. yeah, and then he's now just doing whatever he finds interesting. 
Did you guys Which see I think Lord is great. of the Black? I did. I love He Lord has Black. not, but I have not. Yeah. It I, was... I just recently saw Swiss Army Man, though. Oh, I haven't oh, seen that. How was it? I didn't see that one either. Oh, see, and I like... Uh, Daniel Radcliffe isn't really, like... like I, I can't he's even say he's really character. acting. Because <laughs> he's not really doing much, but it's just, But he's like, doing everything. That's everything. He's in the way he's doing everything. Yeah. It's kind of... It's, it's very interesting, that movie. Mm-hmm. And then I really love Kill Your Darlings. Uh, with him and Dane DeHaan and... Uh, oh, but Dane DeHaan. Yeah. Uh, that's the, um, it's like, Beat Poets. It's really good. See, that's the thing. He's Alan Ginsberg. He's been able to, like, move between these immensely just commercial films. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then Horns. I forgot he did Horns. Horns, yeah. He did and do then, Horns. <gasps> he'll go do the most obscure, kind of left of center, you know, almost indie type stuff that you're not going to yeah. hear about. So, it's, I don't know, man. The guy's got some range. He really does. Mm-hmm. For sure. Oh, it's great. We get some really good, we get some good stuff. I, uh, I love just that we're going to get to talk about how much they develop over the course of this too. Oh, I love how Ron, so, so they leave, so they leave Neville there. Laying I know, the poor Neville. I love this shot of like high up in the Gryffindor common room and looking down Neville on Neville, there. like laying on the ground. And, and, and Ron tells him it's for his own good, mate. I know. It's so cute. It's like, aw. Aw, poor Neville. With his teddy bear pajamas. I know. He's teddy <laughs> He's so and cute. Poor Neville nothing. That guy's going to grow up to be so good looking. And <laughs> true. He's got it you all. You know, without Neville, without Neville, they won't be able to stop Voldemort. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. there we go. <laughs> it, this is for his own good. I know. How badass does he look when he has the sword? Oh, man. That's the greatest is, oh, I cheered out loud in the so theater when that great. happened. It's they so good. It so much. That's a long so, time from he'll, now. He'll get his yeah. comeuppance. Yeah. For sure. We'll show everybody. A good 10, um, 10 or 12 years from now. <laughs> right. Something like, oh God, don't, don't even make me think about that. Uh, uh I, I wrote a note, um, after, after Ron tells Hermione that she's scary, he says, brilliant, but scary. And it reminded me of, I also wrote underneath that, terrible, but great. Cause it reminds me of that moment. Yeah. In Ollivander's shop. Exactly. Where he's like, you've got this amazing power. And I'm kind of afraid of you for it. If Hermione became a dark wizard, that would be, they, they'd be in trouble. Yeah, they would be in serious trouble. Big trouble. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Somebody else agrees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I want to talk too about John Williams' score. Yes. Just uh, how please. incredible that is. Like, whenever I heard that he was going to be doing the score, I thought, okay, well, it might be a little bit predictable. It might be something that we've heard before. Mm. Or not not heard before, but like uh, so similar that it's going to be calling, let's say, his score to like Hook or something to mind, which has a really yeah. good score. Um, but it, uh, I don't know, man. It's, it doesn't immediately have that John Williams sound, which is good because I don't want to, mm-hmm. I don't want to think John Williams when I watch a Harry Potter movie. I want to think Harry Potter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, and the I score's think, definitely distinct. Yeah, it really is. Uh, and it's, I mean, the kind of thing that you could just walk around whistling or humming, which I have been doing all day. Preparing <laughs> for this. Uh, it's such a great melody, that theme. And I can't remember who the composers were that took up, uh, took over after he left, but, um, you know, it's, it's good scores all, all throughout the hair. Yeah. I think, uh, I think it's really the benefit of the franchise that they did have John Williams do the first three movies. Uh, kind of establish where the the tone of the the score was going to go for those future ones, 
Um, it wasn't until we've been doing this minute by minute that there are moments where I've noticed like, oh, this is kind of Star Wars-y or like whatever. But for the most part, it is, it is its own thing. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's the best. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a very, or kind of a Tim Burton-y sound to it, which again is not a bad thing at all. And very fitting of this movie. In fact, I, I did he, he didn't score one of the movies, did he? I don't... Who, Danny Elfman? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. I would have to check. Off the top of my head, I don't know. He's not the kind of guy who, like, picks up after someone else, like, leaves. He's the kind of guy who just, you know... Danny Elfman just does his own thing. He's like, this is... Incredible sound. Incredible sound. Yeah. I wrote, um... Oh, actually, here we go. I have, uh... Oh, I was trying to pull up the names of the other ones. Patrick Doyle did Goblet of Fire, and Nicholas Hooper did uh, Order of the Phoenix, and I lost the list for the rest of them. Nicholas Hooper and Alexander Desplat for the last two. Oh wow! Yeah, really with him. Um, I gotta say, I think my favorite of the of the entire series is the third film. Mm-hmm. I think it stands out probably stylistically uh, the most, and the first two I, I like a lot. But they almost feel a little safe. A little... Yes. And I really don't know quite how to put it. Uh, they're, they're very good. Don't get me wrong. But it's almost a little too polished. And the third film is really... Eh. I love it, the it, sort of darkening yes. that, uh, that, that happens. Correct. Yeah. And he, um, they took a big risk giving it to him, I think. Mm-hmm. And he had oh, but it's so film. good. Yeah, I know. It's so good. Especially visually. Just, it's, it's sense of, uh, kind of like, it's color palette in the film is getting darker. You can tell yeah. that the series is going a little bit more adult, a little bit more serious direction because it's not, everything has this like, um, blue filter on it. Mm-hmm. It's very mute colors and everything is kind of diffused a little bit. So I don't know. The, the third one is really where I kind of, it really got my attention. The series really got my attention. And, uh, yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. Alfonso I think they Garland. definitely set the tone. Right? It's so odd. I can't wait till we get to that movie. That one's definitely been the consensus, I think, with a lot of people is their favorite. Yeah. yeah. That'll be a good one to talk about. I can't wait. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of that, like, kind of blue tone, before we get to the end of this minute, uh, we get Harry, Ron, and Hermione under the invisibility cloak again. Well, the first time, it's all three of them. I actually, in my notebook, I wrote the invisibility blanket because it just drapes it's over all so of them. It's so huge to like have all It's enormous. How are they? It must be like a Hagrid-sized cloak. Because a cloak is like a single person. It's like a cape mm-hmm. with maybe a hood or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe <laughs> if it's adult size. Even if it's adult size, all three of them would not be able to fit in there. Yeah. It's like, here's your uh-huh. invisibility duvet. Everybody just jump under there. Mm-hmm. Just get in there. <laughs> yeah. I kind of like this shot. We talked about it earlier because it happens with um, with Harry earlier too. But I like shots from like the perspective of the kids under the cloak looking out, and you've got that kind of gossamer shimmer in front of the camera yeah. as they're like as if they're under the cloak. Yeah, they come into the room and we get uh, this uh, little harp melody as they come out of the room, and we see from behind as the door opens, we see Fluffy sleeping. All nice and peaceful. I know. He's snoring. That cute dog. (laughs) His breath is so exasperated that he blows the invisibility cloak off the kids. Yeah, yeah. He's just heavy breathing. Mm -hmm. Very deep breathing. Do they leave the cloak there? 
He's just leaving her around. Mm-hmm. Harry just leaves the cloak laying around. All the time. Because he did it in the in front of the mirror Vera said, too. He just drops it to the he ground and walks away from it like like no one's going to pick it up. Jeez, oh, Harry. <laughs> Take care of your stuff. Mm-hmm. He's learning. Yes, he's still a little wizard. He hasn't learned to put away his toys yet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I wanted to try and figure out what this um, harp melody is, but I couldn't find I any really, information about it. I really like the harp, uh, the harp melody that's going on there. Really yeah. Piece of music. It's it's a shame that it only lasts for you know so many seconds, but I guess mm-hmm. there's the harp sitting there in the corner, so that's obviously what it's kind of a you know calling to. But uh, yeah, again, that's you know John Williams' score is yeah got a lot going on. We uh, we talked about this a little earlier this week, Victoria, but uh, Hagrid told the kids that the way to calm Fluffy is to play a little bit of music and he'll fall right to sleep. But then they didn't like make any plan to play music to fall to make him fall asleep. They just went down there like yeah, they don't blind. have like it's sort of fortunate and lucky that there's music still playing. They don't have a, they don't have an instrument with them. They don't have like a no a boombox no you know? <laughs> yeah. You know they 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 have an invisibility blanket, but they don't yes. have, like a flute. You know something in the book. We talked about this a little bit. So we saw Haggard playing a flute like early this week. He's playing Hedwig's theme, the, the kind of Harry Potter theme, on the flute as he's sitting outside of his hut. In the book, Harry gets a flute, a wooden flute from Hagrid for Christmas. And so in the book, they do take a flute with them. They do have yeah. a plan. Like this is how we're going to make Fluffy fall asleep. But that kind of got lost. Yeah. You know, and, and with the film having to move a story along, there's, there's things you got to take out and mm-hmm. I'm sure a, a little Christmas present. Yeah. And it's only, it's always like little things like that that are taken out so far. There haven't been any like major changes. Um, as we get into later movies, more and more has to be cut. But this one I think has been really true to the book. Cool. Yeah. That was, you know, good move starting off. Because you could really piss off some fans if you mm-hmm. deviated too much. So, you know, good for them in making a faithful adaptation. Or as close to as they possibly could. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, <clears throat> we actually talked recently on Goonies Minute about Chris Columbus and his affinity for kid empowerment in, in his films. Um, you know... His work on The Goonies, obviously, mm-hmm. which is a movie that's all about children having to step up and save the day. And in uh, Home Alone, you know, is all about a child who's got to overcome these overwhelming odds, which is, you know, an adult. And what more terrible a force to have to deal with to a child than an adult. Yeah. Uh, Harry Potter's, you know, uh, you know, just a great example of that. It's another great example of that. So it's funny that this is kind of all over this guy's... Uh, Body of work. Yeah, we've talked about it before. He's definitely like He's the not a right type. person. Yeah. Um, we even get a lot of those shots where it's like from the perspective of the kids. So it's the camera kind of lower to the ground looking up at things to kind of center you as like right. through their eyes, which I think is a really like a really smart thing. Yeah. Very um, cool. It definitely establishes them as children for the first couple of movies before we start taking on the darker tones of the, the later films. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I think that was everything I had. Yeah. Um, Do you guys have a favorite in the series? Or is that too big a question? Or I have a really hard time ranking the movies. 
Um, I did it once on our listeners army page, but I'm really fickle about where I place those. I do think that prisoner of Azkaban is probably my favorite. Yeah. Thanks. So. I would probably say if not prisoner of Azkaban, then order of the Phoenix. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're There's some good stuff in Order I've of the Phoenix. I've said that before, you're always, like, question it. It's because Order of the Phoenix was always my least favorite book, I think. Huh. I, I just like the tone of it. Basically, anything involving Gary Oldman is going to be my favorite. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> that guy is just... Uh, he's great. You know, I know, and then there's the two movies. Yeah, right. That's, uh, whenever I heard of his casting, I was like, oh, hell yeah, I'm all in, you know? Mm-hmm. This is, and one of my favorite characters too of of, of the entire series is a uh, Sirius Black. Such an interesting character. Yeah, I'm so ex- I'm so excited to get to um, Prisoner of Azkaban because like Sirius Black's amazing. I love Remus Lupin so much. So I can't yeah. wait to get to talk about. Oh, him. Yeah. I haven't rewatched the movies in like forever. I know I'm gonna go and rewatch them, and I'm gonna be like, "Well, why have I not been saying that the whole time? Like, the Half Blood Prince is my favorite one." Yeah, it, it really should. Be. <laughs> you think? So? Oh yeah, that makes because, sense. I mean, it's the right? Because it's basically the Snape movie, and I'm like, "What's wrong with me?" Like, mm-hmm. it's the first David Yates one. Ah, oh yeah, yeah. I like David Yates's like because he did. Well, he's lo- doing Fantastic Beasts now too. Yeah, exactly. And I like Fantastic Beasts. knows the universe. They're like, all right, dude, you can mm-hmm. do this thing with your eyes closed. Here, take this movie and go make it. Exactly. So, no kidding. He's doing, exactly. No kidding. Yeah. He's doing something right. Well, yeah. And I think with, uh, especially with Fantastic Beasts, having J.K. Rowling being the screenwriter, like, really solidifies even more that, like, they know what the tone of this world is now. Right. I'm excited to see where those go. Yeah. Me too. All right. I've exhausted my notes. <laughs> yeah me too this was a fun week thanks for being here brady thank you so much for having me guys i had a really good time oh yeah for sure I, it's been so long since i've <clears throat> even thought about the harry potter films uh so you know for the opportunity to kind of dive back in and brush up on this has been a lot of fun a whole lot of fun and some really some really cool minutes you know not a whole lot going on but still just a good opportunity to talk about this incredible franchise and you know it's an incredible show man i'm a big fan well, thank you so much. We appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Uh, if uh, anyone wants to go find uh, you over at Pele Media, where should they look? Well, uh, you can find the show that I'm currently doing, which is Goonies Minute uh, on iTunes and elsewhere. Uh, we also just finished Jurassic Park Minute and Ghostbusters Minute about six months ago. And you can find a lot of our Patreon subscription material on patreon.com slash Media every Saturday we release a new episode covering anything involving the movies that we're doing and then just, I don't know, anything we really want to talk about um, for a dollar a month. You can have access to all of that. So we've got something really cool coming up this Saturday. So if you want to see what that's all about, go over to patreon.com slash media and you will find out <laughs> this Saturday. Awesome. Everyone go check that out. And uh, if you like our format, you can go to uh, moviesbyminutes.com and see all of the other great minute shows that are out there. I promise if uh, if you're not already listening to the show that's your favorite minute pod- uh, your favorite movie minute by minute, it's probably being covered somewhere on that website. Probably. Right. It, or it's coming. Or it's coming. Something. Yeah. It's in it's in someone's uh like dibbed. Mm-hmm. There's <laughs> so many list. that are coming. I'm so stoked. Yeah, it's it's going to yeah. be great. That'd be great. Cool. And then come back next week for more Harry Potter Minute. Okay. Mischief. Mischief.
Managed. <laughs> oh, wait. Mischief managed. Let's do it. Mischief, Mischief managed. managed. <laughs> there we go. That's the way it always goes. It's fine. Yeah. Well, I like him bang, bang at the end. Yeah. Wait, wait. wait Mischief wait, managed. Wait, no.